Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. My name is Pastor Adam Bigelow. We want to start a new Bible study. And this evening, we're going to give an introduction to it. And the new Bible study, I've been kind of praying about, we're going to be a blessing to people. And one of the greatest blessings is to find out what God's blessings are. And I was thinking about doing, you know, filling your... uh, Filling your toolbox and with God's love and prayer, and you know, maybe we'll do that down the road. And looking in the Word of God, and I like to do that a lot. And I saw Matthew chapter five. So let me read you a few verses of Scripture, and then announce what I'm going to be teaching. If you'd like to join with us and uh, really hopefully get a blessing, so it's Matthew chapter five and verses three to eleven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I'd like to... Really, well, it seems like I'm preaching, doesn't it? And I would like to speak or teach on filling your bucket with blessings. Filling your bucket with blessings. The founders of our country talked about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as certain unalienable rights given by our Creator. But notice they didn't say happiness, just the pursuit of it. Well, the word blessed means happy. Who doesn't want to be happy? McDonald's even sells meals to make kids happy. Think about it. Who would buy a grouchy meal? (laughs) Well, people talk about kicking the bucket. You know what that is? It's dying. It's kind of dark humor, but people use it, right? Well, it was trending a little while ago to talk about a bucket list. And that's things you want to do. You know, canoe through the Amazon, climb Mount Everest, I don't know, drink Starbucks for 365 days a year. That's a good bucket list. Well, there are things you want to do before you kick the bucket, as I understand. I didn't make a bucket list. Well, in this series of Bible studies, we want to jump into this pile of nine blessings from Jesus and that you would add them to your bucket, not just your list, and hopefully before you kick the bucket, that you would add these things to your life and they'll be a real blessing to you. If you read through them and you say, Preacher, I don't even understand what that means. That's why we have Bible study. Uh, They're called Beatitudes. Okay, I've read that there are seven. I've read that there are eight. And the other couple are just recaps or something else. And, but we're going to look at each one of the nine. Because Jesus said, blessed are, nine times. 
The reason you find that word beatitude, they had a Bible called the Latin Vulgate, and it was a 4th century Latin translation from the Bible, and it's still used uh, in the Catholic Church. And that word, blessed, is from the Latin word B-E-A-T-I, beati, which means happy, rich, or blessed. Well, we get ours from the original Greek, and the word blessed is from a Greek word called makarios, and it literally means fortunate, blessed, well-off, happy. Jesus could have said happy, but he used, the, the word was translated blessed, and I believe we all want to be blessed. Well, let me ask you before we get started, you've had a crazy day. Maybe you're going to have a crazy evening. Maybe you've got a kid to correct. Maybe you've got a husband that needs correction, but you can't do it. Maybe you've got a wife that needs some extra loving because she's uh, in a heart. Maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend, your relationship is going through crazy spins. Maybe you're going through something at work. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to load you up with some blessings from the Lord. And I have to ask a question. So with all that said, what's in your bucket? What's in your bucket? What's in there right now? Could it stand a blessing or two? I think so. I think so. How about nine of them? And how about that there are promises of God that can make you overflow? My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God wants to bless you. You can rest assured. Now, where, where is the place of these blessings? If you go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible said Jesus saw the multitudes and he went up into a mountain. And when he was set or seated, his disciples came unto him. It's interesting. It's important to observe the setting. A mountain. You know that God lives on a mountain? God gave the law of Moses, Mount Sinai, from a mountain. Moses had to keep going up and down that mountain. God, like I said, lives on a mountain. That new Jerusalem, heaven, is on a top of a mountain. Well, Jesus went up this mountain, and you get a good view from a mountain. You know, we get a different perspective when we go up to where Jesus... Jesus went up into a mountain. Notice, his disciples came unto him. Where did they go? Up. It didn't say all the multitudes did, but it said his disciples did. You know, some people are kind of just in it for the bread and fish. Some people are just kind of in it for the parable. But his real disciples, they climbed up because they wanted to hear the teaching that the master had. And you know that God, when we get to where Jesus is, we've accomplished half the battle. You know, making it to church is a battle. We'd like to invite you to church. We're having drive-in church. 1857 Wells Road. Orange Park, Florida, in the parking lot. It's at 9 a.m. this Sunday. Come on and be with us. Get a pile of folks. Put them in your car. Turn the air conditioning on and let's have church. But his disciples came up. Getting to church is half the battle. Getting to where Jesus is, getting into that right attitude is half the battle, isn't it? Well, let us notice not only where he gave the setting, but what his posture was. Notice that he was set. Now, teachers in that day, it was normal for them to sit down when they taught. Nowadays, when you go to a church service, what happens? The congregation sits and the preacher usually stands. Well, this seems backwards, doesn't it? 
Well, in Romans chapter 14, verse 10, notice what's going to happen. <laughs> the Bible said, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There's coming a day where we're going to be all standing and Jesus is going to be sitting. <laughs> Jesus speaks this, this sermon on the mount, but especially the, 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 the blessings we're going to speak of. He speaks them from a position of a judge. It's not an opinion. It's not an itinerant preacher. He's the judge of all the earth. Now, have you ever been on jury duty? I have. You know what? More than once. My wife hasn't been selected one time. I should just write in and say she wants to go. Well, no, not really. But they didn't select me for trial either time. I wonder why. Maybe I'm too vocal with my opinions. But anyway, when you go to jury duty, you're all sitting. And when the judge comes in, they say something. If you watch any court TV, they say, all rise. And then the judge comes in. Everyone stands to honor the judge. Uh, I believe one was a gentleman judge, one was a lady judge, the times I was in there. And you, you rise for that office of the judge. And then with their black robes, they, they file in from the back of the courtroom, take their seat. And then I think they tell us we can be seated. But it's, it's serious like a church service. Well, this is serious like a church service. Jesus is giving the sermon. If you ever see like the greatest sermon in the world, speaking of the Sermon on the Mount by pastor such and such, it's wrong. It's the greatest sermon in the world by Jesus Christ. It was his message. But you see, Jesus is seated. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, so then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Jesus is seated as a judge at the right hand of God. And the Bible says, and we have to notice what he did when he saw the multitudes. So the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, he saw them, and then what did he do about it? You know, when a carpenter sees a tree, he sees the ability to apply his trade to that tree. Make it into something, right? When a fisherman sees a lake, he wants to apply his trade to the lake. What? Go fishing. Well, when the preacher of preachers, Jesus Christ, saw a multitude, a multitude with problems, a multitude with needs, a multitude that was ignorant of different uh, vital things that they needed to know, what did he want to do? He opened his mouth and taught them. He wanted to apply his trade, which is what? The greatest teacher that's ever worn shoe leather. The greatest preacher that ever has preached from a pulpit, Jesus Christ. He opened his mouth and what did he say? Blessed. Blessed. The first word that came out of his mouth in the sermon, the last word in the Old Testament was curse. <laughs> but the first word in the Sermon on the Mount is blessed. God blesses his creation. In, in uh, the beginning, in Genesis, God uh, made man, created man and woman, and then it said he blessed them. In Psalm 1, that talks about blessed, the first psalm, uh, the first verse, the first word, blessed. You know, we live in a culture of cursing and being offended 
and people call these things microaggressions where you can offend someone without even knowing you offended them. And, you know, you see it, you, you say a mean thing or something even just wholly inappropriate. Let's face it, something downright wrong. So should you be fired from your job? Should you lose your career over it? Now the world is really offended about offense. <laughs> well, when I was growing up, I said some bad things about people. Um, even as a, an adult, you know, I was not a Christian until I was about 19. So I said bad things about God. I mean, really, preacher? I sure did. But God still loves me. Well, you know, I learned something growing up. And I don't know who taught it to me. And it's not in the Bible. But man, have you heard this? Sticks and stones can break my bones. But words will never hurt me. So, preacher, that's where you're wrong. Words hurt. I know. Words hurt. Have you ever been in, hit in the head with the dictionary? An unabridged one? Oxford? <laughs> no, seriously. Words have the power to hurt. But you have the power to not let them hurt. Psalm 119 and verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You see, Christianity and Jesus, they want to spread this kind of counterculture. And I'm not talking about Antifa. I'm talking about a counterculture. It's not a culture of offense or being offended at what someone says, but a culture of blessing. It's even spread to a common Christian greeting. What do Christians say? You look like you gained some weight. <gasps> I can't believe you said that. No. What do Christians say to others? Hey, bless you. Hey, bless you. Abraham said that you were going to, he said, God said, you're going to be blessed and thou shalt be a blessing. We're going to spread this blessing of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ. And you're going to spread this different culture. So not only does God want to load your bucket with blessings, God wants you to spread those blessings to somebody else in this world that needs a blessing. So what are these blessings not? Okay. They're not some pathway to salvation. They're not something that you have to do in order to uh, be a Christian. Salvation, being saved, becoming a Christian, uh, becoming a believer, a child of God, being born again. This operation is known by a variety of names. And you may have just added another one. You're in your car. You're like, you forgot this one. Right. They're accomplished through Christ's complete work on the cross. Not by these blessings I'm talking to you about. Through his shed blood, and they're received by faith. And if you're not a Christian, um, let me encourage you. You can become one even right now. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says in that great verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you want to get to the brass tacks of it, Romans chapter 9, verse, excuse me, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt 
be saved. That's what salvation is. But these these blessings, they are be attitudes. They're godly characteristics. That means they're just like God. To act like this means to act like Jesus. And maybe you're thinking, preacher, how can you be poor in spirit? And it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't make any sense. How can you possess a kingdom and be poor? Well, it's first of all, not talking about being uh, physically poor, but it's about being spiritually humble, not resting on yourself. Uh, There is a surfer even, his name is Kelly Slater. And he says, when you're humble, you're teachable. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 8, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, listen, he humbled himself. Sounds like poor in spirit, doesn't it? And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Well, what happened? The Bible continues, and it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. You see, there is sense in these things. Well, you see, God likes to bless. The Bible says God's not up there casting thunderbolts or lightning bolts down when you mess up. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And the blessings are from Christ. And listen, only through a relationship with him can they really be fully realized. Because God's blessings might not be understood as blessings. You ever seen a game show? I wish I could say I watched, you know, read classical literature when I was a, a teen and a preteen. I watched a lot of TV. And I watch game shows. You know, behind door number two is the new car or the vacation. I was like, woohoo! That'd make you happy. What a blessing. And yet, when you read in Romans chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that, well, preacher, I don't glory in tribulations. I don't want tribulations. Why do Christians do that? Are they crazy? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. What's that? It's a godly characteristic that you need in your marriage, that you need when you have kids, that you need if you're going to have a boyfriend, that you need if you're going to have money, that you need if you're going to have a success in a career. You're going to need it. It's a blessing from God. It's an unlikely blessing, but Jesus will help us understand it. Jesus will, if you don't have a relationship with God, before you jump into these Bible studies, you can call us Uh, I'll leave the website address on the show notes. You can uh, go to our website and there's an email address there or come to church this Sunday. Ask us a question. Let us help you uh, get to Jesus Christ. That's our main job, our main focus, our main desire that one day 
One day we reach forward to those things which are before and one day end this race pressing towards the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Hope to see you in church. Hope you enjoy Bible study. But you know what? More than that, more than that, let me tell you what. I hope to see you in heaven. That would make me shout. That would make me jump maybe a little bit higher. Amen. Of course, I don't know how high you're going to jump. I probably won't hit your head in the ceiling. It's probably going to have some high ceilings. And if not, you're going to have a glorified body so you won't die. So God bless you is our prayer. Fill your bucket with blessings. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Or we'll see you at church. God bless you. Or hopefully we'll see you when we're driving around. God bless you. May God keep the COVID from you. May God bless your path this week. Amen.